What's up, stoners? Welcome back to another episode of That Bedtender Podcast. Boom, 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 boom. I'm your host, Bianca. I'm so happy to be here. It has been a minute. I kind of got a nine to five, y'all. That's why it's been a minute. And last month was Mental Health Awareness Month. And I took that literally and really put my mental health first and didn't want to overwhelm myself as I adjusted to this new position, which has been really a great learning opportunity so far. This weekend is LA Pride, although there won't be a parade this year either, which is such a bummer. It really just adds, I feel like, a little more like anticipation and excitement for Pride next year because I'm going to be positive and look ahead and say, yes, next year we're going to have Pride, we're going to be naked, I'm going to have Pisces. I'm ready to shake my ass, and I think everyone is, and I think we all deserve it. Today's episode is awesome. I'm sitting with drag queen and cannabis influencer hybrid. Uh, let me say very quickly, because the girl is constantly reinventing herself. So here I am to give you her current Instagram, because when she does call your plug, honey, it's it's not that anymore. So her Instagram right now, if you want to follow hybrid, is at hybrid drag that is h-y-b-r-i-d-d-r-a-g hybrid drag she's awesome she performs mostly out here in la but all over the country uh wigs and waffles if you are ever in la go check them out um shout out to g pen for always supporting hybrid i think that's really dope and i would love to see more companies in the cannabis industry supporting individuals from the lgbtqia plus community it is so important i just think everyone should be really proud of themselves and love is love it's true it fucking is true and i am so grateful to the queer community we wouldn't have legal cannabis if it wasn't for our lgbtqia cannabis advocates that came before us if you're not familiar with the history look into it do the research educate yourself that it is a cross-section it is this um undeniable connection between the plant and and the gay community so yeah we'll talk about it a little bit in the episode I'm, I'm gonna shut up now and everybody stay safe and enjoy yourselves and celebrate yourselves and i love you so much i told myself i could smoke this blunt Yeah, and how many milligrams did you eat in an edible yesterday? 1,200. 1,200. Why? I was really hungover, and then so when I ate 500, I just, like, kind of was balanced out, and then I was like, well, I want to be high. So I had another 500, and then I, like, ate some dinner, and I was like, they were like the the watermelon, like the sour watermelon belts. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I was like, I'm actually like, those just look good right now. So I ate just like two, which were like 30 milligrams a piece. Not 30, I'm sorry, 100 milligrams a piece. The fuck? <laughs> How was that experience overall for you? I laid in bed and watched Disney Plus. I watched every like old Disney movie that didn't have the like racist warning on it. Ah, <laughs> not the racist T, warning. Disney Plus has like they have like the the warnings now of like, you know, when they're like cultural appropriating and this and Really? Yeah, yeah. And it like some of them like Aristocats was one, which is like one of my like I'm a cat girl. You're a cat girl yes. too. That was upset, but I didn't watch it because, you know. Because it's racist. Ugh. Wow, I had no idea. I am definitely on someone's Disney Plus. I'm going to check that out. Why don't we get into weed? Why don't we talk about your <laughs> your experience with cannabis and, and what you've done with it thus far? I know you grew up in Louisiana, mm-hmm. so I, I would love to know your perception of weed and and your first experience actually with the plant. Ooh. Yeah, I was in an environment where like weed was just kind of like like my mom didn't smoke, but like I was definitely always like around people like ever since I was like little. Like my uh, my mom's sister smoked a lot, my aunt. And I remember like I think the first time I ever like truly like got like a smell and a grasp of what weed was is I remember my aunt like she was like, it was right when the Resident Evil movie, the first one, like came out on like VHS to rent. I'm not even making this up. And she's like, yeah, they have it uh, to see. Um, do you want to go over there and watch it? She was like babysitting me and like, of course, that's all I wanted because yeah. like I played that video game. I was like 10. And I remember just sitting in like the other room watching Resident Evil and I'm like, why is nobody watching this with me? And I like walked out and... They were all smoking in the house, but I just knew it wasn't a cigarette, mm-hmm. you know? First time I was with my friend and we were in the sixth grade. I had just moved to a suburb from New Orleans and I had just started school in this like weird shithole town. And there was this girl, her name was Cherie, but she was also from New Orleans and was like a New Orleans transplant, you know, into this place. So we definitely like, we bonded very quickly over that. And I hung out with her at her house like a couple days later after school and she just pulled out a big ass blunt. Ooh! Yeah. And it was these like weird flowers, like, (laughs) I know this sounds so funny, but... Have you ever seen those flowers? I wish I could think of what they are. I don't know, but I just remember like laying in like a field of them and just being so high and just like looking at the sky and being like, oh my God, am I supposed to be home right now? Like, <laughs> you know, like are the streets lights almost out? But they weren't. That's such a magical first time and experience to be like out in nature like that. I love that. I also love New Orleans. I mean, you must hear that all the time when mm-hmm. you tell people, yeah. It's just, what an incredible city. The culture, the food, the music. What was that like growing up out there, just out of curiosity? I didn't realize that New Orleans was, like, so unique, and being from there is such a unique thing. And now I, like, fully take advantage of that, for sure, even though, like, whatever. <clears throat> just everything. Even when I go home is when I really remember it, like... 
we're used to like like right now like i was talking to my mom like my mom's at a crawfish boil with our whole family right now and like while we speak yeah. you know what i'm saying like a crawfish boil that's just I've not you've I've never, never to new orleans or no, a crawfish boil crawfish. oh a crawfish boil yeah, yeah. definitely it's like a bat it's like a backyard barbecue but like it smells better it tastes better <laughs> and it's like it's just a lot more like attitude, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, because I'm not like I'm very outgoing, but everyone in my family is. Like I have a very, I have a big family, and they have a lot of big personalities. What sucks right now is a lot of us don't agree with politics, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. but we still try to keep it cute and tight. So yeah, growing up in New Orleans, it's just I don't know how to like explain it. It's just like we have different words for different things. Like I noticed people call things like a cart here, like a shopping cart. And we would like call that a buggy. (laughs) Yeah. And then like everything, like anytime there's like a carbonated beverage is what I would say now, but like a carbonated beverage in New Orleans would just be a Coke. Anything. Like you'd be like, you'd be like talking to the server. You'd be like, can I get a Coke? And she'd be like, sure. What kind? Cause I was just about to say, I was like, what if you want a Sprite? But yeah. they know immediately to say what kind. 100%. That's so funny. I have to this day, I kept from my travels through New Orleans, uh, a receipt from one of our servers. He was so kind. And he wrote on it and he was like, oh, what? I was there with my cousins. He said like three lovely ladies from New York, like basically like wishing us a great trip ahead because we were driving through the country to come to L.A., just like the cutest little sweetest message. And I was just like, that's like, I would never get that in New York. Like that's not, (laughs) you know what I mean? Hospitality, Hospitality, exactly. Hospitality and the food. Yes, you know, I, my mom comes to LA and I always say, my mom is more known in like West Hollywood than I am. Sorry, I know that that has nothing to do with cooking, but I just have to say that like, she's just so funny. But um, she cooks things for people and like people are, you know, they've never had anything like it, like Mm -hmm. here. Speaking of, when did you move out here? And and what was that transition like to come to LA? So actually I lived in Manhattan. Okay. I did, I did, but only for a year. Okay. Yeah. Love the honesty. Yeah, well, uh, for me it was the weather and the weed, like, Mm. The weather and weed is my just two downfalls to New York. I truly would live there probably if the weather were the same as LA and weed was legal. The weather will always keep us here, I feel like. I can't with that weather. I never will. (laughs) I hate, it was like the first, yeah. Cause I initially, okay, so I moved to LA in 2014. Same. Really? Yeah, October. Yes. But I, okay, so. I still moved from New Orleans, but I was only in New Orleans for that time for like six months. So I left New York for a guy and then got back to New Orleans and was like, listen, we have to, like, I was in fashion at the time. So it was like, we have to pick a coast. And I was like, I've already been in New York. Like, let's try LA. Got here. He and I were only together for like, probably like a year and a half after being here, maybe two years. We broke up. But we're both still here, so yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes. And I'd never live anywhere else. That's a really big statement. That's huge. But I feel you. Would you? I would. I'm intrigued. You know, Italy calls my 
my name at times to think like to go back to the old country and learn the language and learn you know just like the culture that we weren't really taught growing up but like we're a part of so that one does but no LA has got me like I love LA were you already in the drag community in New York and in New Orleans or did that occur out here when did that start for you no um I didn't start drag until 2018 I always knew I wanted to do drag I was just always I'm 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 the type of person that when I focus on things I'm very career oriented so at the time that I lived in New York moved to LA it was all for fashion So that was strictly my focus, you know what I mean? And I always, like, had an admiration for drag, but at the time, my passion was fashion. And I kind of just... It got to the point to where I, like, left L.A. and, like, went and traveled to Australia and New Zealand for, like, a year just to get away. And when I got back, I was like, you know what? You're just as quickly in the fashion industry as you are out. And so I could either, like do that or I could try drag instead like and put that fashion energy towards the drag you know Mm -hmm. and I'd never done makeup ever I swear to you the only makeup that I had ever done prior to that was once someone put me into drag on Halloween and I hated it I was Kylie Jenner (laughs) (laughs) right when she had gotten the lips you know (laughs) but I hated it. But other than that, the only thing I had worn was, like, a tinted moisturizer. I'd never done makeup before. And then, like, doing drag um, makeup is, like, the thing that I like the most about, like, the drag process. Mm. Isn't that weird? It's just, yeah, it's like you really don't know until you try something. And then you might discover that this is, like, just such a, like, almost like a meditation, I would think, probably, for you before you go on stage, especially. So you have always, in my understanding, throughout your drag career, uh, incorporated cannabis into your act in some way or another. And right now, you are a hybrid. Can we get a backstory to that name and this persona and why you felt it necessary to bring cannabis into your act? Okay, my name comes from... I've always been the type, like, I don't care what kind of weed it is, as long as it's not, like, some nickel bag, $5 shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't I don't want that. Like, I don't want any Reggie. But, like, when I first moved to L.A., I don't know if you got this question all the time, and it was, like, indica or sativa, and you're, like, for me, I was, like, I don't really give a fuck. I like them both. You know what I mean? So hybrid kind of Rich. makes sense. So there's like a pun there, like I'm always high, hybrid is indica sativa. I'm also like, if you ever see me in drag, baby, I'm a hybrid woman. (laughs) And any other pun that you want to fucking throw in there, because there's so many puns when it comes to like drag and hybrid and makeup and hybrid and, you know, so I just felt like it was right. You know, when it's right, it's right. And one word name, honey, hybrid. (laughs) <laughs> like Madonna. Or it makes me think of someone like Tatiana, who I adore. 
Um, yes, the drag oh, queen. Yeah. Well, yes, I am a Tatiana girl. I love Tatiana. I love who do I think are hysterical? Uh, well, Katya, I think is absolutely hysterical. I think oh, <laughs> I want to know what what is because I recently I was telling you went to that drag drive in. It's like mm. RuPaul's. Uh, what are they? Contestants or former yeah. contestants? Ru girls. Ru girls. I had asked someone I was there with, like, because I also do love Trixie, and they got the I got the same reaction. What is that? What I'm out of the loop. I don't know. In my opinion, I just don't find either one of them. No hate to them. Like, they're really successful. I always am, like, going to be like, yes, for success, especially when it comes to a drag queen. But um, they're just not, like, I don't find either one of them funny. Like, if I were going to go for a funny girl, like, Bianca Del Rio, I think is funny. She's a New Orleans girl, too. Yeah. She was hosting. And I'm sure she was the best. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Killed it. I did see that she lip synced. How was that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the whole experience is so interesting because it's like the closest that you can get to like a mini music festival right now is just is driving into the Rose Bowl Stadium. It's, It's very interesting how we're all like slowly getting back into things. I would love to know your relationship with cannabis on a personal level versus hybrid. Well, it's really the same, you know, that's why I incorporated like weed into like my drag is because weed has always been a huge part of my life. Like I swear, like the day I smoked weed, I don't think is the day I stopped truthfully. And it was just something that like, I feel like you either know or you know, and baby, I knew it was for me. And so it really has always helped me with like anxiety. It also helps me like not really like overthink things I feel like sometimes you can get really caught up in your in your brain and there are people who will smoke weed and they get really caught up in their brain I am the exact opposite when I smoke weed I am baby it's all gone like I really don't give a fuck (laughs) about what is going on what anybody's talking about and um sometimes I just like not sometimes, all the time. I just liked feeling like that. I like giving no fucks and just just living life. Because if you think about every little thing, you know, and I'm a Virgo, so I'm already, oh. yes. I'm one of those people. I'm going to examine every little thing. Yes. And I just can't be like that. So <laughs> weed helps me, like, not do that. And then by the time I think about it, I already, like, it already... I've, I'll think about it like a week later. You know what I mean? I still feel like you examine those little things, but it's like so far in the past that you're like, ah, whatever, it happened. (laughs) That's such a good point. I do feel like, because what I'm getting from that is like, it gives you time to kind of process things and then it puts everything under a different lens. Like if you were looking at life through a microscope, it's like, broop positivity it's a shift there's a shift in the mindset and and that's I feel the same way yes because I'm anxious I'm actually a Virgo rising which is Uh probably why we get along okay I'm a Leo rising oh I'm a Leo moon okay I'm a Capricorn moon Capricorn moon I'm an Aquarius sun almost (laughs) I'm an Aquarius I'm an Aquarius with a Pisces cusp I'm right at that end of Aquarius see I'm August 30th so I'm dead smack in the middle of like Virgo I'm also a 30 and you want to know what's weird if it goes with astrology my mom and my dad are both Gemini's born on May 30th whoa 
And then my little brother is born on uh, November 30th. We have a lot of 30s in our family. And then my little sister, my grandma, and my aunt are all born on a 6. Whoa. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> and my little sister is born on June 6th. So one year her birthday was 666. <laughs> which is so great. <laughs> I live for that. Fucking hilarious. Makes just threw off so many triggers for me. So Isn't that crazy? <laughs> my two sisters are Virgos. Okay. My cousin and best friend is an Aquarius, but we've realized that we surround ourselves with Virgos. So one of her sister sisters is a Virgo, her boyfriend is a Virgo, our best friend that we share is a Virgo. Well, they say that though. They, it's like, yeah, I guess somehow you just compliment each other. It's so interesting. I really believe in this stuff. Yeah. I really do. I live for a Virgo, honey. A Virgo, <laughs> I don't think I could date one. That's the only thing. <laughs> but I definitely like do like to be surrounded by Virgos. But what's weird is my mom is my best friend and she's a Gemini. Mm. And Virgos and Geminis don't usually, right? Well, yeah, right? I mean, Geminis tend to be a little bit more chaotic versus that, like, responsible, analytical Virgo. Uh, there's there's so much to dissect. If anyone's, like, doubtful, I'm always just like, yeah, just Google birth chart. Get your birth chart read. You're going to be like, I was made from the stars. That's so sweet that your mom is your best friend, by the way. I love um, that. My mom is, like, I hate to say this, but besides my cat and my mom, I don't know if I would, like, save anyone else. <laughs> like, is that wrong? And, well, I can't forget about my bearded dragon, Ralph. I'd probably save him. I always think about it, like, if a zombie apocalypse were to happen, mm -hmm. because he's, like, a dragon and he needs, like, heat and lights, mm -hmm. he'd have to be the one to, like... I just have to let it go. <laughs> let go and let God, girl. Sorry, Ralph, you're on your own. I'm So I'm typically interviewing bud tenders uh, for this podcast, but I'm curious, as someone who you're a consumer, you mm -hmm. walk into the dispensaries, you have those experiences, and you've had some pretty awesome relationships made in the cannabis industry. You work a lot with G-Pen, if I'm not mistaken. So what has been your experience in the cannabis industry as, uh, how would, I don't need an, a cannabis influencer? What, uh, do you like that term, influence? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, that's the ultimate goal at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I love, okay, listen, the cannabis industry has been so good to me, like, especially, like, working with G-Pen has been so much fun. And they've introduced me to so many people in this industry, including, like, you, because I met you through Red, and I met Red, whom I love, um, through G-Pen. And then um, Christina, who also works for G-Pen, um, kind of brought the girl cannabis industry. Uh, you know, like cannabis with cupcake and uh, stoner Dottie, you know, yeah. like, um, and those girls are, you know, regulars that wigs and waffles. And so the fact that they're, and there are plenty more, I'm just not going to name two. I shouldn't even name those no, two. That's yeah, but like, no, those are just like, uh, yeah, you're just like, you know, thinking off the top of your head. There's so many, but you just love being surrounded by by those people and especially women. I love women and empowerment. Like, 
just women empower in any time. I think all women are in charge at all times, no matter what the situation. And so I think that's one of the greatest things that I love about the cannabis, uh, cannabis industry. Sorry. I get so excited when I talk about women. I love women so much. It's so weird. You would not think like I shouldn't be gay because I love women so much. I just love them. I want to uplift them. And I love the fact that like there's such a huge like women empowerment in cannabis industry. And it's so extraordinary. It's so cool. And that's why immediately when you asked me to do this, like I was like, of course, like anything to like empower this industry and show people that like weed is cool. Women are cool. Like, you know what I mean? This is it. You know, (laughs) that's why I impersonate women. They're just, yeah. I have a weird obsession with women. I love that so much. I, I do appreciate you being here and, and your enthusiasm for it. It's amazing. I miss wigs and waffles. What's going... So what, like, what have you been up to during quarantine? How does a girl survive? So drag shows, obviously, like all live entertainment, they're done right now. Apparently, we're supposed to start kind of opening up L.A. on April 1st. Mm. So maybe some something coming, you know? Yeah. Um, it's been hard. But at the same time, it's also room for growth. Like, I always, I'm a person, which is the Virgo in me. <laughs> I try to look at the glass, like, half full and not half empty when it comes to myself. Because when it comes to yourself, you know, it's easy for you to look at the glass, you know half empty and start, you know, just getting depressed, getting in your head. And I'm kind of like, as much as I like people and as much as I love entertaining, I equally as much like being at home, watching the ID network with my dragon and my motherfucking cat, both like chilling, you know what I mean? Like, you know, smoking a blunt and not being bothered. Unbothered is the state that I try to live in. What was the first song you did in drag? Like, stepped out onto the stage. Do you remember, like, your first performance and what that felt like? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Rihanna song. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Throw it up, throw it up. (laughs) Wait, was that it? Or maybe it was Hard. Yeah, it was Hard by Rihanna. How does that? Oh, so hard. Yeah, that one. I'm not a singer, so I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. From the Rated R CD, yes. which is still my favorite Rihanna CD to this day. Wow. The Rated R was was like, the, I felt like that was the album that like you really knew that Rihanna was like, not only was she hot, she was punk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Rihanna is punk. Yeah. That is one word to describe her, honey. And she showed us in that album. I love that. I don't think anyone's ever described her that way, but that's such the fucking way to describe her. Her rolling a blunt on her security guard's head at Coachella will forever be iconic. (laughs) It will be iconic forever. Like, Uh, always. So, with that being said... I'm assuming you enjoyed yourself enough to be like, okay, I fuck with this. Like, I want to continue to do this. Uh, did Was there ever any mm, resistance to you incorporating cannabis into your act uh, as far as business goes? I know we were talking about it. Like, is there anything that's taboo in the drag community? 
never like I didn't care about like weed like it was like either some people would think that because I smoke weed I might be like a little stupid or can't you know can't do certain things don't get all of it which is you know sometimes true (laughs) but just as much as it is it isn't you know what I mean so um but I don't care about I don't for me I don't really give a fuck what anybody thinks about me the only thing that is taboo in the drag community like I've said is probably racism we don't Mm-hmm. We don't put up with that or hate. Mm-hmm. We just love. I feel like if if you're a drag queen that doesn't understand that, like, this is all about love, no matter who you are, what you are, it, uh, where you come from, none of that matters. Just be yourself and and love it. I don't... Drag is, is such a broad word, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It can describe anything and anyone, truthfully when someone's saying that they're doing drag. And I firmly, I believe that because anytime that you are doing something to feel like you're elevating yourself or bringing in another character, whatever it may be, and you call that drag, baby, it's drag. And I love. If they like it, I love it. That's what I always say. I really, I'm a firm believer in that statement. If you like it, I love it. It's because it's all about love. That's so awesome. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Um, Interesting. Oh, yes, ask me. Who is your favorite Potomac housewife? Because it's your favorite. I have to ask you that because Potomac is, (laughs) um, I firmly, my personality, for real, if I, like, I don't watch all the housewives. I watch Beverly Hills, Potomac, Mm -hmm. and Atlanta, and Salt Lake City now. Out of all of them that I watch, I personally feel like my personality is Giselle. <laughs> and she's from New Orleans. Oh, so she, yes, you know, yes. I have I have rights to feel that way. You little green-eyed bandit. Yes, I, yes. I'm definitely a green-eyed bandit, baby. <laughs> you are a green-eyed bandit. And the New Orleans, I love the connection. I feel like, okay, so that's, I'll, I'll answer that Wait, in a two-part. I will say my second favorite is Karen Huger. For forever and always. Exactly. There's so many ways to answer this question because it's like, as far as like who I would probably see myself as the most would be say like a Robin. I like to think of myself as like, chill. We love Robin. Yes. Okay, can I just say this? Juan is the finest housewife husband of them all and people sleep (gasps) on him. wait people sleep on him i agree i do think he's super duper fine and i've always been rooting for them as a couple and that family and i have to add mauricio mo kyle richard's husband and beverly hills it's a no for you Mm. he's a little pothead too have you realized that watching yeah i know that he's a pothead i just don't find him like um i mean he's all right wow he's all right like i definitely felt like we have seen better (laughs) Um, especially like Denise's man was finer than Mauricio has that lazy eye, not like to like, I'm not discriminating against anybody that has one. But for me, it's just like a preference that I didn't really like, I couldn't get into it. I'm like, you go smoke weed and make it lazier. (laughs) You're not into the sleepy look. I got it. Well, I'll take the sleepy look, but I need all eyes on me. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Um, with that being said, though, I do adore Karen. I obviously love Giselle too. Giselle's a little shit stir. I will say that she's amazing. I mean, she also keeps it as a TV show. Karen's entertaining as fuck. Who I would probably actually hang out with in real life, Ashley. <laughs> All right, all right. Here's what I'm going to say about Ashley. Okay. And I... Okay, I love Ashley. I truly do. I love everything about her. And I firmly think that Ashley is the most beautiful housewife out of ever. And I've seen all the other girls in the housewives. I firmly think that Ashley is the prettiest housewife of everyone. I love Ashley Darby and, like... What bothers me is her husband, and um, her husband is the worst out of them all. Like, the worst. Yeah. And and she doesn't deserve that. And clearly, like, okay, here's the thing. I don't even know if she doesn't deserve it. <laughs> this is my thing. If right. y'all are open, and y'all are in a poly relationship to where you can, like, fuck around and do whatever you need to do, then let us know. Right. But you defending him and denying it is what makes me not like you. Mm-hmm. And that's my only issue with her. Yes. Because she sees it blatantly and then she's like, nope, that didn't happen. <laughs> Ashley, baby, there are cameras. Yeah. We know it happened. That is my only issue with her. Otherwise, actually, I love her. Yes. I truly do. Yes. I truly do. And I would love to hang out with her. And they love drag queens. Remember on the first season? Yes. 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 But that's pro- that might be a little bit. Her man might have put her on to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Low key though. No. High key. We all know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I have the same problem with that because it is. There's no judgment. So if that's the case, just tell us. But that's the thing. She is guilty by association. She oh, for her. She herself is a dope ass queen and like also a little bit of a shitster. So we I love we love it. We love it. We need you need it. Yeah, exactly. We, we just want table. you to be honest, fully transparent, because we know we see it. So why are we denying this? About your husband. Just be real about his bisexuality. <laughs> just say that he likes to fuck all different types of people and that you're okay with it and then nobody is mad at you i'm not mad at that listen bitch you can let us know also you fuck other people i am more open to that than like it seeming like her gets mistreated and we get some bullshit at you know and also there are cameramen that are being assaulted during the process which she tried to say no when it was on camera (laughs) no if you don't watch Potomac, you really should watch Potomac. That's Potomac. what I'm going to say about it, that. It's all about Potomac. It's all about Potomac and, and Salt Lake Huger. City and yeah. Karen Huger. <laughs> um, that was all really, really amazing. Um, it, because Ashley did perform at Pride even. So it's just like, we all, anyway, whatever. Speaking of Pride, we are moving into what's going to be summer 2021. What do you think is gonna happen. Pride will no longer be in West Hollywood. It's going to downtown LA. I don't wanna speak too much on it. I don't know a lot. <laughs> yeah, apparently the park is not available for Pride and WeHo anymore. So we'll be moving to downtown LA. Wow, so many changes. So many huge right. changes. Yeah, change isn't a bad thing. Change, you just have to be open 
and kind of go with the flow and and hopefully just create something else that's really beautiful and fun and inclusive which is the entire point exactly it doesn't matter where it is but i am going to say we live in k-town so i'm glad that it's going downtown and i hope that uh the gays take over this motherfucking side Hello, or not even just the gays, all the whole LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. community. I hope we take over this side of LA because you know what? There's enough of us, and why not? Yeah. Why the fuck not? I love it. Rent is cheap, you guys. Rent is not bad on the east side, Rent okay? Yeah. Yeah. Are we east side? I always think of like East Los Angeles. So my New York ass is like, we're East LA. Yeah, but like people like from that. here are like, no, East LA is a whole other vibe. I've honestly, I can't say I've been. Well, no, actually I have. I've been to like shops out there. Yeah. Yeah. The shops. yeah. <laughs> Definitely the shops. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to getting back to normal. I'm really looking forward to pride. I was telling you how. I'm I'm definitely a homebody. One of the things I do miss is going out to drag shows because it's it's just so much fun. And it's cool to see people from that community. I mean, you are super close with maybe a girl. Mm-hmm. And she is not only an incredible drag queen, but she's also a politician. She's a councilwoman, if I'm not mistaken, for Silver Lake. She very much is. She had me out protesting um, two nights ago uh, for the homeless in Echo Park. Yeah. Oh, what was that like? Um, you know, scary, but not at all. Like at first it seemed scary. And this is why I'm going to say, um, maybe it's taught me, um, to really research maybe in my mother, I will say, but maybe it's taught me to be more active. Let me put it that way. Mm to be very active in in your community and what you believe in and what you stand in. And I definitely, living in LA, you notice that there are a lot of homeless people, but what really touched me is I actually, there's a homeless person in West Hollywood that I went to high school with. Wow. And was in my graduating class and I see him. Yeah. And all the way from Louisiana, you know? And I see him and every time I, you know, if I have cash, I sometimes even make sure to go get cash out of the ATM just to give, throw him like 20 bucks or something, you know? And it's seeing that and seeing that he's a gay man who has a mental illness really gets me. And so if that's a person from a random place that I know what makes any of these other people that are unhoused different? Yeah. You know, it's truly in LA is we're, we're known for our homeless com- or un- our unhoused community. I'm sorry, I should be saying unhoused. And so that night, I really I felt I, I just felt like something in me I needed to protest, which you know protested before, mm-hmm. you know, for BLM or whatever. But that this is just the most recent that you. You feel strong about um, when they're throwing people out of Echo Park. So what happened was, is they're literally throwing people out of Echo Park. When you go to Echo Park, there's two sides. There's the unhoused side, and then there's the side that, like, kind of people hang out, and it's, like, more of, like, a chill spot, if you will. Um, The unhoused side is where the people live. Those tents, they're minding their own business. They're not bothering anybody, The other side is just, like, people chilling no matter what. Like, nobody's being bothered either way. Like, everybody's just hanging out by the lake. It's beautiful. Nobody cares. 
everybody that lives in Echo Park does not care. That's why all those people are out there protesting. Like, so yeah, I, I'm very much an Echo Park girl. Like I love going to Echo Park cause it's so close to us. You know, it's a beautiful lake and it's a nice place to go. You can support people. They have a lot of uh, small businesses there to eat at. Um, and not only buy things, they have jewelry, different things. It's just a nice place to support your local community. Um, they decided that they were going to enclose Echo Park and take those people's tents away and houses and not let them camp, you know, be there anymore. It's just not cool. It's not cool. There are 280 people unhoused in Echo Park right now. Well, not anymore, but they only housed a hundred of them. So what happens to the 180 people, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's, that's what we were protesting for. So it was scary. They blocked us in, they blocked us in, but you know what? It's not scary. It really isn't actually. I say that like when you first hear that, you're kind of like, Oh my God. But then you're like, this is bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Uh It always is. It's just some bullshit ass fucking cop. I'm sorry. I'm so a cab. I will say it again. (laughs) A cab. All cops are bad. All cops are bastards. Fuck cops. What was the need for us protesting that? For them to have, like, all those cops there and to block us in? They weren't letting us out. Yeah. They literally were making us climb up. Not climb. Like, there was, like, a, a few staircases. But, like, it was completely. It brought you, like, two miles away from the park. Because it brought you up a hill wow. in Echo Park. Like, that's the only way to get out. So you, then you'd have to walk around. You know what I mean? And they were just making it difficult standing there like, hey, cab. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. The amount of energy that gets put towards dismantling these people versus actually extending a helping hand. I mean, we've had a pandemic going on for a year now and people are just left on the streets when their hotels, their motels, there are rooms vacant. There are ways in which our government could actually support them. And it it's crazy that it just, it's not that way. Uh, I definitely find that weed helps me deal with the anxieties of the world, for sure, and just how how that is. And and finding like-minded people, too, I will yeah. say. Um, the cannabis community, I, I feel like similar to the drag community, we want to see each other win, or at least... I think the people who come from like the older days for sure and like going back to like pride and going back to just the the LGBTQIA plus community they're the whole reason why we have legalized cannabis like it's because of people like Dennis Perone it's because of people like Brownie Mary it's because of people during the AIDS epidemic that we were able to get access to this plant so we owe so much to that I know what we I interviewed you in the past about cannabis and and sexuality and sensuality and we talked about how there have been studies in which the queer community consumes more cannabis than the heterosexual straight side um what do you have an opinion on that do you think there's a correlation there well yeah because we're we're not traditional listen and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with being not traditional and it's also being traditional is instilled on people and if you're gay it's instilled that you 
don't like tradition you can't have mm-hmm. you know so i think a lot of gays are like well fuck it i'm gonna like <laughs> rave instead <laughs> you know so i think like drugs are just very like prone in the gay community and i think like weed is something that really has helped i think gays just uh I'm trying so hard not to stereotype, even when it's, like, for good, you know? So, like, even though I know that my community, like, a lot of us like drugs and fucking weed. Because, mm-hmm. oh, my God. <laughs> Hi. That's so I want kisses. <laughs> oh, and his little noises. I'm sorry. I'm like. That's okay. Oh, hi. Boy. He's a big boy. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, yeah. Little fat jiggle, little fat jiggle. Oh, child. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. <laughs> okay, anyway. All right, um, let me say it again. I've been trying hard not to, like, stereotype on, like, any minority. But I do think that gays just in general, like, most of us, we experiment with drugs and... A lot of us learn that weed is the way to go. <laughs> tight. Oh my God, wait. Hold on. Not tight. <laughs> I was just on Omegle. I swear. What is that? Okay, Omegle is like a thing that you go on. Like, it's kind of like chat roulette used to be. Yes. Yeah. So I was on Omegle and this guy was like, yeah, that's tight. And I, I had never heard <laughs> that expression before. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> the fuck? So I had to explain it to me and apparently it means like that's cool. Yeah. Like yeah, but I was like cuz when he first said it to me, I was like, yeah, of course my hole's tight. <laughs> cuz like what else would he be talking about when he's like that's tight? Like that's me. Yeah, I'm my hole's tight. Yeah. <laughs> of course, but what that has nothing to do with right now. Oh my god. And um yeah, he was like, "No, dude." <laughs> I was talking about this. That's tight. But is that a thing? Is that like an expression? 100%. Do you still do any Rihanna for your act? Or was that left? Do you have a favorite pop star or or song that you have uh, choreography to? I, okay, I've never been a person. Okay, the only person that I've ever been like madly obsessed with is like Buffy. Yes! Buffy was the only person that I was obsessed with. And then I met Sarah Michelle Gellar (gasps) and it was awful. No! I met her by accident too, like in Nordstrom and it was awful. And so after that, I I like lost all faith in ever (laughs) loving someone as much as I like had admiration for Mm -hmm. that person. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know if I strictly stick to you know, like a song, like, or an artist. Like, I feel like I just pick a song, whatever song I like. It could be anybody. Yeah. You know, there's not one person I stick to specifically because I can't admire anyone. That's literally the saddest thing that you've ever told me. And Are you, you a Buffy d- fan? Yes. I also rewatched that during quarantine and uh, I've been wanting to get myself a little, like, a uh, boxing kickstand situation to like work out and buffy out but like you know what i'm just gonna chug it up to a bad day 
I can't. That's so bad to say. Well, no, it might have been. No. Happened. Okay, what happened? Okay, so we're in Nordstrom, and at that time, I was like a personal stylist. This was like back in like 2015. Yeah. And everyone knew that I loved like Buffy. So when she was in, they were like, it's your job. Like, you're supposed to go help her. And I saw her, like, examining the tags before I, like, walked up. But at the time, you're not really thinking about, like, you know, that. So I, like, walked up and I was like, hi. I was like, I'm one of the personal stylists here. They told me that you were here. I just wanted to come and say that I'm here to help you. And she was like, I don't need any help. Thanks. And I was, and, like, looked the other way. Rudely, but I was like, you know, I was willing to forgive it. Uh And I was like, okay. I was like, um, well, just let me know. And like literally while I was like going and she turned around, she was like, I said, I don't need any help. And then looked the other way. And then so at that point, like it was like word vomit, though. And I was like, I just want you to know that like you were my childhood and I like love you so much. And Buffy was my favorite thing in the whole world. And she looked at me and she was like, I really just want to be left alone thank you and turned around and like my heart fell the soul that i had left like the little (laughs) bit of soul i don't even think i had a lot then the little bit of soul because she gave it to me it was gone it was gone And I, like, you know, I've come to realize now, like, for... That happened in 2015. I didn't watch Buffy for, like, three years. And I was one that I would watch that shit going, like, to put my... To put myself to sleep at night, you know? Like, yeah. I didn't watch it for, like, three years because I couldn't even stand the sight of her. (laughs) But recently, I've really... I've been getting back into it to where literally, like, even last night, it put me to, like, totally... I always love Cordelia episodes. Yes! Cordelia episodes get me through it now because she's the best. But yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar is awful. Fuck you, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't even care. It hurts so bad. I cried. Oh my God. I don't need, I don't even know if I can fully take that in. That's going to take me days to fully process. You know, when I stop, when I stop watching Buffy, as soon as they introduce fucking her little sister, like I'll get, yeah, I'll give it like a few episodes and then I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. Dawn. Dawn. Well, that's one of the, okay. I love Michelle Trachtenberg also because she was in Harriet the Spy. Well, I don't know. I, I was accepting of her and I also didn't mind like a bratty little teenager. Like as much as I don't like them now at the time, I was like, girl, she is me. I am her whatever yeah um she was living your dream kind of secretly as buffy's little sister at the time girl and buffy would be nice to her sometimes (laughs) like the thing was like yeah sometimes like i only got the bad treatment from buffy so at least she got like some good treatment yeah but glory glory that villain in that season Oh, yes. And one of my, like, um, most famous quotes is, like, the end of season five when she says, Buffy, the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. Oh, a moment. It's such a, like, that is, like, Buffy has quotes, and that is, like, one of the best quotes. It truly is. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. Isn't that just, like, you know... 
It encompasses everything. I mean, Buffy is really just iconic from the hair to the makeup to the fashion to the quotes to just a badass heroine. Like, fucking A. I love Buffy. And she's available on Amazon and she's available on Hulu right now. So you have no excuses. Speaking of favorites, I would love to move into the next segment, which is the re-up. So basically, we're going to do some rapid fire questions and it's like shit that you would re-up on, your favorites, your go-tos. So your favorite word for cannabis? Stoned. (laughs) For the flower, though. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Not that. Okay, wait. (laughs) You're like, that is what I am, stoned. Yeah. Yes. What did we smoke, by the way? You brought you brought a shit ton of weed and you rolled a beautiful blunt for us. Yeah, what was that? Actually, um, it's just, it's orange kush is what it is. Yeah. Oh. Um, I got a good deal on it, girl. It was $70 for half ounce. So I said, sure. Yeah. But it was pretty good. Yeah, for that. I've, okay. been, I've been stoned this whole time. It was damn good. And those uh, tequila, was Travis, Travis Scott Travis tequila Scott things? Backside tequila is that what it is yeah yeah the cacti tequila spike seltzers yes we live favorite word for cannabis weed same uh favorite stoner movie of all time friday favorite artist to listen to when you're high dua lipa that's a real fun one uh what would you say is the dopest smoke session that you've had so far like one of your favorites with l king with g-pen she was fun she was just fun and um i felt like even like that was like the first person like celebrity that i had ever interviewed and i've never i don't interview people on the regular you know what i mean but she was so cool about it all and um yeah i just really enjoyed like her company and i felt like she was pure just like stoner vibe yeah yeah L. King, honey, and Rob Schneider's daughter, which was also like, gag. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably more gagged about that than her music, Loki. Yeah. (laughs) Is L. King Rob Schneider's daughter? Yeah. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. She was the little girl in Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Remember the Girl Scout who was like, you're a sick man and I'm going to tell that was L. King. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. What would you say are some of your favorite cannabis products at the moment? At the moment, I'm really into edibles. Should I, like, say, like, specific products? I'm just, like, I'm a sour belt girl. I'm a sour candy girl, honey. Oh. If it's sour candy, I'm, like, into it. And I also like 300 milligram per package rather than 100 100 milligram packages, y'all need to step it up. It's the market. It's the the legal amount. So now... <laughs> oh, is what I'm buying illegal? What you're buying is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been told that all my life. <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, okay, so we're going to go into our last segment, which is Call Your Plug, which is basically your moment to plug anything that you're working on or where people can follow you, whatever it is that you want to share with the listeners. Okay, well, speaking of Call a Plug, can I say that I ordered weed from, I'm not going to say which place. Uh-huh. It was the first time in a long time they actually brought it to me in this Ziploc bag. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I wasn't like, I actually got like the whole pot at first, like the bag. And I was like, God damn, this motherfucker smells like weed. And then I opened it up and saw the Ziploc bag. And I was like, oh. Amazing. That's why. Yeah. Um, you can plug me on at the hybrid, but honey, it is H I G H B R Y D, honey. <laughs> the hybrid on Instagram. And uh, what I'm doing is I'm constantly posting cute pictures of myself. And when things open up back in LA, you'll catch me around. Follow. It's a fucking awesome show. I've seen you perform before. Uh-huh. I've seen maybe all. I, I enjoy your entire crew. It's it's very entertaining. I very much look forward to that. Any last words? What you want to leave on any high notes? What's up? Love keeps us together. And like Bob Marley said, one love, honey. Love, 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 love. That's the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. Follow me at The Stone Journalist. Follow the show at That Bud Tender Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and keep getting high, my babies.